God, I love you and I thank you and ask in your kindness. Would you please speak right now? Uh, Lord, we are broken. We are empty. We do not bring anything in our hearts or in our lives, our hands, that's going to strong arm you or twist your wrist in some way to get you to do what we want. We are broken people. And we say, Abba, Father, we love you and we need you. And we ask right now for blessing because of who you are and what you've accomplished in our lives through your son, Jesus. Please bless right now um, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's dig in. Um, Vodi Bakum, uh, great man. And God speaks truth to this guy. Vodi said this, that the modern church is producing passionate people with empty heads who love Jesus that they don't really know well. And, and, and when all you do is appeal to emotion, you can inspire but, we, you know, Jesus challenged, Jesus always pushed his followers to settle up on the truth and settle up on who he was. And it is critical, absolutely critical, that we know Jesus. Now, I'm fond of this, that the four best friends someone could ever have are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, hey, Greg, brother, good to see you. We have got to know the gospel and we have got to get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I would beg you, please, pour yourself into the gospel, those four gospels, to get to truly know the heart of your Savior and how he, he called us to, to live a life in his, in his will. All right, parenting. Last Sunday, we talked about discipline. And, and we addressed the issue of do you spank, do you not spank? And um, hey, Justin... Justin and Annie, so glad you're here. Um, it's, you know, we got anti-vaxxers, we got vaxxers, you've got all these positions you know, that we take on things. And, and for a lot of us, it's like, there's no way, spanking, uh-uh, it's wrong. And then others, whoop them, you know, <laughs> beat the kingdom of God in them, you know, and, and all these stuff, all these things. And what I, what I tried to do Sunday is honor God's word, but also honor the genuine needs of a child. And, and uh, uh, I got feedback. Thank you so much for, for all of you who did that. And those online, thank you. Um, what I want to do today is we're going we're gonna to kind of pop up a little bit and see a little broader picture about families, about parenting, and how if we're going to be people of wisdom and people who follow the way of Jesus, there's some things that are going to shore, shore us up and kind of give us a lane to run in. So number one, let's walk through some Proverbs. And I'm going to also draw from the Gospels on home, on family, and on parenting. I would say number one, I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That really doesn't say anything about mom or dad or kids, but consider the implication of a person whose heart was so inclined to trust God and not their own ingenuity, to trust God and not their own ability to problem solve. What if we really did lean in to God and didn't lean in to ourselves? What would that be like? We trust God. And then in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Um, you know, we, we can talk about a great many things. 
We can chat and, and go for hours about lots and lots of stuff. But when it comes to talking about God or, or talking about Jesus, sometimes you get a little quiet, especially in public places. Uh, you know, acknowledge him in your whole life and all that's going on in your life. And something special can happen that he'll make your path straight. So when a mom leans into God, when a dad leans into God and is not afraid to talk about the Lord, that's good for the family. It's really, really good. Proverbs 3.33, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. Already you think, oh my goodness, I did something wrong. God's cursed me. Please, let's avoid extremes this morning, okay? You know, some of us are really bent on, we like formulas, you know, and if we do one, two, three, then we get this magic outcome and it's a guarantee and we like that because quite frankly, the formulas honor our need for control, okay? The problem is um, God has a way of, of helping us see just how out of control we are, okay? And that we are not sovereign running this universe. So um, can we just relax on that and understand that, you know what? When you read Matthew 5, 6, and and 7, Steve, how many men have you discipled that have memorized all of that? What, 10 guys? Uh, Yeah, 6 or 7. Yeah, when you you really pour over the Sermon on the Mount, you understand there is a blessing for those who walk in the ways of God. It's not hard, all right? Let's avoid legalistic extremes here. I'm just telling you, when we chase hard after God, it's a good thing. All right. And we want our homes to be blessed. All right. Proverbs 4, 1 and 2. I love this. Listen, my sons or my daughters, to the instruction of a father and pay attention so that you may gain understanding. For I give you good teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Okay. Ladies, who's the spiritual head of the home? The man. Man. There's something about a dad. Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, who really leans into God and is not afraid to talk about him? The power of that on a child? Yeah. Men, there's a call of God on our lives, your life, to teach your children the ways of God, which means you got to talk, which means we have a tendency to talk about only the things that we know. Remember, to give of the Lord, you've got to receive of the Lord. So dads, you have a huge impact on your kids when you teach them the Lord. And your teaching is good. We need that. Just good stuff. Okay. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. And his children have a refuge. Psalm 23, or 73, 28. I've made the Lord my refuge. It's, it's beautiful. By the way, the word in Hebrew for refuge, it typically is used to describe uh, refuge when there's a, a, a calamity of some physical sort or really, really bad weather. There's a terrible flood coming in or the, there's a terrible storm. There's some physical catastrophe right on your heels and, and we seek refuge is really what that means. Um, you know, there's something, uh, there's something I think really powerful about a man who has confidence. A man with confidence is powerful. Uh, 
Sometimes, sometimes we can get beat down, right, and discouraged. And uh, we as men, you know, we get asked a question by our wives and we're like, I don't know. You know, and, and it's like the earth shakes underneath. I don't know, you know. Google it. Well, sometimes we get, we're so full of panic or fear because we fear the reaction of people. Or we, we fear what people think instead of fearing the Lord. There's strong confidence as a man. When you fear God, you can have confidence. When you fear people, you're going to have shame. Men who fear God can have confidence. Men who fear people can have shame. All right, Ladies, same thing. A woman who fears the Lord has confidence, but a woman who fears people will have shame. Children know when mom and dad are confident. They know that. Anybody been on a flight and you're going into a storm and you hear the guy in the cockpit go, this is Captain Anderson. Thank you for flying Delta. We're going to hit a bumpy... A spot or two, just stay buckled in, and uh, we'll get through this storm, and we'll land in Atlanta real soon. Thanks for lying, Delta. You go like, whew, okay. We're going to make it. Lights come on, everybody's buckle in, cinch it down a little tight, as opposed to, and at that point, everybody's, we're going to die, you know. Mom, Dad, you're the pilot. You're the pilot. You fear God, you can have confidence. You fear people, whoa, <laughs> it gets real scary. All right, uh, Proverbs 25, 11, I love this, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. Wow, mom, dad, know when to speak up. Powerful, powerful. Um, I... Uh, Caroline is here, and I think Caroline is the most amazing eight-year-old granddaughter I could ever have. She and I, we, we had a time with, she calls me Daddy Papa, all right? And so, Papa, pretty cool. Just in case you're not sure, I am the man, the myth, and the legend. Just, just a little point of clarification there. And I, I said, Caroline, let's go talk. And so we, we talked together, and it was a word spoken at the right time, and it was good. And I am very proud of you, Caroline. Um, yeah, just a couple more here. Uh, Proverbs 27, 8. Like a bird that wanders from its nest, so is a person who wanders from his home. What do you think that's about? Is he talking about a bird? Is that what that is? Is it about a bird that can't remember where the nest is? What is he talking about? Don't, don't answer all at once. What, what do you think? Which is why Moses wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. It's a pride issue. It goes on and on. I know. I know it's awful. What's he talking about? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the prodigal son story? <laughs> yeah. It's okay to go home. It's okay. It's okay to make home the safe place. It's where children flourish. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a challenge, okay? We're going to have to kick it up a bit because you've got to understand what Jesus is saying and doing. I'll give you a little background on it, and I want you guys to own this. 
When Jesus sent out the disciples on a major mission trip, the first one that he sent them out on, he said, I don't want you to take personal provisions at all. Just take your tunic and that's all you got. Go. No staff, no money bag, no backup, no backpack full of stuff you might need and route. He literally wanted them to depend completely on God and he wanted them to depend on, on people that God would bring into your life to provide for you. And so he, he instructs them, as you enter a host, the home that's going to be open to you, give it your greeting, traditional Mediterranean greeting, surely. If the house is worthy, see that your blessing of peace comes upon it. Give a blessing of peace. Irene, we get our English word irenic, which means in the medical world, it means healing is what that means when something's irenic. Um, give a blessing of peace in healing on the home. But if it's, an, if it's not worthy, as it turns out, they're anti-Christian in the home. He says, take the irenic blessing back. Take the peace, peace blessing back. What's up with the peace blessing? Do you think Jesus uh, said that foolishly and he just randomly made up something cool sounding? Or did he lie? Or is Jesus actually saying there is such a thing as a peace blessing? That's exactly the position I hold. He meant what he said and he said what he meant. When you go into someone's home, especially of a believer, if there were the axios, which is a philosophical word, by the way, if they're worthy, exios, bless them. There is something wonderful and healing about speaking peace over your home. All right? All right, let's keep going. This one's going to be a little challenging here. Uh, Jesus is confronting the, let me give you the backdrop. He's confronting the Pharisees, religious leaders, who are being destructive to the purposes of the kingdom of God. All right. In fact, he says in another place, they're blocking the door and they're upset because the wrong kind of people are cutting in line and getting in. And they're really upset about it. Um, if a kingdom is divided or it's divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided his kingdom, uh, uh, he cannot stand, but he is finished. He is finished. Marizzo, uh, it means division. It means to cut up and separate into parts. It can even mean uh, to choose sides. Even political sides can be used. All right. Now, it's interesting that, he, that in Jesus' teaching about the damage that the Pharisees and Sadducees can do, he walks through a spiritual concept, he walks through a home concept, and then he attacks Satan, he confronts Satan about this thing. Division is not good, all right? And if you wanna bring a home down, pit mom and dad against each other. Kids who can pit a parent A against another parent, it causes marizzo, it causes a cutting and a separating of things. Division hurts a home. It hurts when mom and dad are divided. It hurts when kids pit parents against each other or the parents are against the kids. Our children, remember, it's not good to wander from home. It's good to go home. And the home should be a refuge, a place of peace, ironic. 
division in our homes are it's so destructive luke 11 here's another one that's going to be tough you guys you're going to get this um jesus is again he's confronting the pharisees if i cast out the demons by the finger of god then the kingdom of god has come upon you when a strong man fully armed guards his own house his possessions are secure but when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, that man takes away his armor and on which he has relied and distributes his plunder. Really unusual illustration, okay? Based on this teaching, let's do theology first. We're going to do theology. What did Jesus mean? Okay. Who's the strong man? Pop quiz. Who's got it? Who's the strong man? What's that? God. Okay, God. Somebody else? I think it's Satan. Joe says Satan. Anybody else? Goliath. Goliath. He was very strong. He was very and he big muscles like your daddy. Uh, Janice. I'm say the owner of the house. Owner of the house. Good. His own house. His possessions are secure. Yes, good. Can we identify more specifically? We've got God and Satan. How's that for being polarizing? They're both extremes. Anybody else who the strong man is? Anybody? What did the Pharisees conf- con- confront Jesus with? Justin, they said he was what? He was Satan. He was the, Beel, the king of demons. Yeah. And he's casting out demons because he's the prince of demons, the king of demons. Right? By implication, Joe, you're right. You're right. Although it's true, certainly God is the strong man. But in this text, Jesus is the one that breaks in to the enemy's house, Satan, and takes away his power and his authority and all his his gear. Jesus is plundering the house. The strong man is Satan. Or the Pharisees. And Satan who stands behind the Pharisees. That's theology. Got it? Now let's do sociology. Let's think people. If you're a Jewish male and you heard this, that that a strong man needs to gear up and guard his house, what would every male say? Hua. (laughs) Hua. That's right. That's what men do. We guard our homes. Okay. Hua. So I'm just going to make a comment. You ready, man? Hua. Gear up, guard your house. Done. All right, let's summarize. Let's summarize, right? Mom, dad, trust and talk about the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Remember God blesses you when you walk in the ways of the Lord. He blesses us. Fathers, you are the spiritual leader. You're the spiritual educators of the home. Um, A parent's faith can create a spiritual refuge for kids. It's beautiful. Man, speaking the right thing at the right time, awesome. Go home, stay home. <laughs> Find your place at home. Speak peace over your home. Learn to speak peace to each other. A home united will stand. A home divided will not stand. Men, hua, gear up. Guard your home. Your family is worth fighting for. All right, now. I want to give a couple of summary statements on this big picture thing of parenting. And, and then I want to turn it over to you because I'm, I'm excited to hear from you guys. 
how to raise healthy adult children, I would say learn the skills of giving them worth by both loving them and liking them at the same time. <laughs> Love your kids, but like your kids. Love your kids and like your kids. You know there's a difference, isn't there? There can be a big difference. Um, how an object is treated determines its projected worth. Does that make sense? For example, I, I know this might sound so silly. Some of you know this. This little piece of tin, do you know what it's worth in scrap metal? What, 0.0003 cents? A little nothing. This is my dad's dog tags that were around his neck in the Korean War. And it had been reported that he was even in the Chosong battle with the Marines. This little worthless piece of tin has tremendous projected worth. I treat it really special. I keep it with me. A little bit of my dad that's with me. Now, if I blow my nose on a piece of tissue, where does that tissue go? <laughs> my pocket? Like we're going to save it for something? No. The projected worth of that tissue is it's really not worth much. It's dirty. It's soiled. Let's just throw it away. How you treat an object can really define its projected worth. Same with people. How you treat people can really establish the worth that you place on them. Um, I was talking to Brandon um, yesterday. I said, Brandon, you're, you're in the medical field. You see stuff going on with your kids uh, in the NICU. And I said, what would you say to, if, if folks could hear this, what would you tell them about being a good parent? And, and he said, be present in their lives. And, and, and Brandon putting words in your mouth, but sometimes it's heartbreaking when you see a mom who's almost frustrated that they got to go see their baby that's in the NICU or bothered by this or like this baby's now interrupting their lives. Be present in your kids' lives. Um, mom, dad, let God's story of grace create a transparent faith in you. Okay? If... If your kids, if my kids don't see me struggle spiritually, if your kids don't see you struggle, they're not going to sure how to handle theirs, their challenges. I've said this through the years, uh, and I, I, I can't get past it. The attraction and power of the fruit of the Spirit in a person's life, it, it, it has life-changing influence, Okay. If a little boy and a little girl sees mom's heart, dad's heart full, spilling over of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that kid's life is changed. Those things are so attractive, right? And we're longing for that. I, mean, I want friendships like that. This is, this is what I long for. And this is what the Spirit of God wants to create inside of me, inside of you. You want to raise healthy adult children? Man, start with the fruit of the Spirit. It, 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 there's nothing to replace it. Um, do not rescue your children from responsibilities they won't accept. That is one of the biggest challenges. When we're passing out participation trophies for everything, we, we are so lowering the standards 
Uh, It's like when people who don't work are paid and people who work hard are not honored. Guess what you've just done with ethics? You've destroyed motivation and ethics. When those who don't work are rewarded, when those who work hard are not rewarded, there's, there's no reason to... Uh, by the way, I tested this theory when I was teaching at Williams, and I, I, I said, I can tell you what, I'm not going to test you at the beginning of the year or the midterm, and I want to see how you do. And guess what happened to a lot of my students? They had no motivation. I was, it was an educational class, and I was, in fact, doing that. I was educating them on themselves. If we've got it easy, what happens? If you've got it easy, it, re- nothing, it reinforces laziness, right? We cannot rescue our kids from responsibilities that they will not accept. In other words, mom, don't make the bed for them. Dad, don't cut the grass for them. And don't reward them for work they didn't do. Don't do that. Make them responsible. Um, This is heavy-duty stuff here. A child's sin nature doesn't have to damage you. But your sin nature must not damage your child. Remember, you are the parent. Ouch. That's a heavy one. Yeah. It's kind of where we're living, right? By the way, mom, dad, I'm not being dismissive of your sin nature, nor mine. And we are human, and our kids need to see our humanity. They need to see that. But we've got to remember who the parent is, or who the adult is. You ever seen that bumper sticker? I'm the mommy, that's why. It's a great bumper sticker, right? You're the parent, that's why. Okay? And, and when your kids are gone... If you want to have your meltdown, go right ahead. Long-deserved meltdown. Go ahead. But when our children are young, their hearts and their minds are sacred, and we have to be so careful with them. Okay? Uh, now, you know, they might rise up and, and hurt you or try to hurt you, but when you have the esteem of Christ, you can handle that. But remember, little children can't handle it. If we uh, let our sin nature get the best of us. Uh, Our discipline, I mentioned last Sunday, the whole motive behind discipline is to help our kids share in the holiness of God, God the character. And just a reminder, we've got to differentiate between age-appropriate childishness and rebellion and respond accordingly. We had had a, 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 it was great to have Jess and Annie in yesterday, we're on the deck, and we're all kind of spread out, and it's, it's beautiful chaos at our house. And uh, we're about to have, uh, what we do at our house is we read Scripture, we quote Scripture, and then we pray before we eat. And we try to get, a, get everybody together as much as we can. And uh, Phoebe had just gotten her food, and she was so hungry. And Rebecca said, Phoebe, don't go outside. We're going to pray. Stay here. And Phoebe went, Right on the deck, you know. <laughs> Did Rebecca lose it? No. No. Why? Terry was that three-year-old childish behavior, or was she being rebellious? Ooh. No, she wasn't. She's just a little kid. Yeah, yeah. 
And Rebecca handled it beautifully. Beautifully. She fell down on the floor and cried and said, I'm a failure as a mother. I'm a failure as a mother. I'm just kidding. She didn't do that. She didn't do that. So it's okay that your kid's a kid. It's okay. It's all right. All right. You are the body of Christ. Wow. Look at this stuff. Love our kids. Like our kids. <laughs> Be present with them. Be transparent with your faith. You want some real influence? Live out the fruit of the Spirit. Nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. Help them face the adult world. Mm. Mm. You know, kids can have their meltdowns and you can handle it because you're the adult, but your meltdowns can do a lot of damage to a child, especially a young child. We are all seeking to share in God's holiness. And remember, kids are kids. You know, you, you don't, Phoebe's three, she's not 30. You don't expect Phoebe to have the social skills of a 30-year-old kind of thing. All right, you're the body of Christ. I want you guys to own this thing. Family, marriage, kids, and, and how we live out the gospel. What would you say? How would you counsel us? Speak from gifts. Speak from your gifts. How would we live this out? How could you encourage us in these things? Uh, how would you encourage us if we have a kid that's just really, really stubborn, strong-willed, <laughs> obstinate kid? <laughs> Linda, we're not talking about Steve. We're talking about our children here. So, so how, what would you say? What would you say? How do you handle a, a hard-headed kid that, that, that's... Okay, pick your battles. What does that mean? It's a great metaphor. What does it mean? Well, it means there may be some things that are more important than others. You make a point. Otherwise, you're just always fighting. Yeah, that's good. Terry? The first one up there, loving them and liking them, reminded me when my son Toby was, I think, 17 and mostly had no brain. <laughs> He was rebellious and bouncing around, and I jerked him up and said, Toby, I love you. I am not your friend. I am your father. Ooh. I will not be your friend until you are 25. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as you are here, the rules of the house apply to everybody. And to Toby's credit, he took it to heart. Mm. Not willingly, really. <laughs> uh, he understood that I was the final deciding factor uh, in this household. There's some wisdom. A house not divided. There's wisdom on that one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do not be afraid to confront your rebellious 17 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Even if there's fallout. Even if there's fallout. Even if it creates a rift temporarily. Yeah. 
them aware that they can always come home. Yeah, that is so, that's so good, Terry. The waiting father. Yep, one come home. Someone else, and how do we live this out? Godly family. Stephen, anybody online? Okay. Anybody? Greg. It's kind of tongue in cheek. You can't say to God, God, that child you gave me, like Adam said to him. Right? <laughs> Those twins you gave me, God. No, you can't do that. But we have to understand, we have to have a lot of grace because. It's natural for a child to grow and develop to test the limits. Absolutely. Just like you said, we have to let a child be a child even when they're into the teeth, when their brain literally yes. does with, with hormones and growth and all that. It does get a little sketchy. Yeah. But it's natural for them to try to leave us because that's the guy's design. They don't always, they can always come home, but it's natural for them to be like, okay, I gotta find my way. So we gotta have a lot of grace as they're trying to learn how to be a woman or a man, they're gonna push back. Yeah. They're gonna try to limit you because they gotta test your own. Yeah. So yeah. We gotta That's learn so how true. to say when is this you're trying to find your way or you just trying to be just flat out rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. And they gotta understand no matter where you go with rules, people say maybe you can identify with this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave home. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. Then you go in the military. Somebody's still telling you what to do. <laughs> like really telling you what to do. Yeah. You know, how to dress. How to eat. Yeah. So people sometimes want to get under the authority of their parents, only to go somewhere and be like, man, this is actually worse. <laughs> and a whole lot better off at home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's true. Someone else. Just the wisdom of living out the ways of Jesus and the character of Jesus in your home, Linda. Um, if, if you are bored and want to go to dry bar comedy, uh, there's a comedian, she's a Christian, named Leanne Morgan. And she has a story about how God makes our, our senior kids mean as a snake. So that we're ready. Yeah, it's, it, to hear her, it's hilarious. Leanne Morgan, if you've seen it, it is, it is good. So growing up's hard. You know what? It is hard. It is so hard. Um, you know, it's interesting, I know Justin knows this, in ancient culture, ancient Mediterranean culture, whether it's Hebrew or even in the Greco-Roman world, uh, particularly in Jewish culture, there wasn't this thing called adolescence, like what we think of today. You're either a child or you're an adult. And sure, you could be a young adult, but we have created a whole other cultural <laughs> subset called adolescence, you know, that what starts at 10 and finishes out about 24 or something. We have really, really made some challenging things to our culture. Anybody else on 
living out the gospel at home. What do you think? Anybody? Wisdom? You want to share? Anybody? All right. This is good. This is good. Okay. Hey, I want to remind you of something. Uh, Nothing transforms a home. Nothing transforms a family like the gospel of Jesus. And I'm telling you, God loves us. He loves me. He loves you. And he loved the world so much that he gave his only son. This is the gospel. That if we believe in him, that we will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son in the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel, God's heart. He is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The abundant life that Christ gives us is real, and it affects every area of our life. But we have a major, major problem, and that is sin destroys, sin separates. We're broken by sin, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yes, the ultimate and horrific penalty for sin is death. And nothing short of it. But here again, we have hope. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ is the answer to the sin problem. God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life no man comes to the Father except, except through me. I love Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not a result of works. So that no one may boast or brag. It's, it's God's gift. It's nothing that we can brag, brag about. And here's where it gets at the heart of this thing. In Mark chapter 1, this is Jesus' first sermon. It's one sentence. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repentance is, in, in simplest terms, a changing of your mind and a changing of your ways. Repent and believe the gospel. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Paul writes, if we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And it's a prayer something like this. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and that I need your forgiveness. I repent of my sins. I turn away from my life and I turn to you. I believe that Jesus Christ died in my place on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and that he rose from the dead. And I invite Jesus to come into my heart, as my life, as my Savior. It's a prayer, something like that, that gets at the heart of what it means to be born again. If you have never done this, 
This is what it means to become a follower of Jesus. This is what creates unity in the home. This is what transforms us. And, and mom and dad, you become the ultimate refuge for your kids because you are a follower of Jesus. If this is something you, you need help on, I, I will show you more scriptures about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You can see me at the back and we'll, we'll talk. Don't leave today, please, without talking to me about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I want to show you the way. Okay? Now we're going to worship, and I'm excited about it. I want to pray and ask God's favor on our worship. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I ask, please, help us to open up our hearts and sing to you songs of gratefulness for what you've accomplished through our, your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for grace. And I'm asking in his name. Amen.